This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. The Major League Baseball trade deadline rumor mill is running at a rapid pace. Make sure you turn on the automatic download so you can get all of the content as soon as it becomes available. Turn on those auto downloads. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey platform. You can find it there. We are barreled up. We are talking about MLB trade rumors because there are a ton of them. They're everywhere. What do you trust? What do you not trust? What do you like? Let's get into this thing. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Let's really dive into this thing. Let's talk about that Bob Nightingale article that was out today because he gave us a ton, an absolute boatload of information. And depending on when you're hearing this, some of this may have changed. Some of this may have gone a step further. Some of this may have been pulled back. But we have Bob Nightingale Talking about the Mets and Padres, will they wave the white flag? Do you think they should wave the white flag? As of recording, the Mets are losing to the Boston Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. Looks like they're going to drop another series. It's done, right? Here is the wording from Bob Nightingale. The Padres, much more than the Mets, still seem delusional, thinking they will get back into the race. They have a mediocre, they have been a mediocre team all season, and nothing is going to magically change in the second half. They should swallow their pride and trade all-star outfielder Juan Soto, getting back at least some of the value and prospects they traded away in the first place to land him from the Nats. Yet, there has been no hint that he's available. They instead are likely to shop all-star closer Josh Hader and starter Blake Snell, barring a sudden dramatic winning streak. I wanted this in here because I saw it on social media today. I saw it around people saying that Hader and Snell were available. Pump the brakes. A lot of this can be taken out of context and thrown out on different social media platforms, and then all of a sudden, we've got misinformation. That is how it is put together. That tells me that those two players are not available, but they are likely to shop them, which makes sense. They're both free agents at the end of the season. Juan Soto was not, which is why Juan Soto was not available, because when you traded for Juan Soto, you traded for three World Series runs. Now, last year, didn't work out. They got over the Mets in the first round, but then they were eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. No, they were eliminated by the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm sorry, the Padres got hot. Padres made it and, and were eliminated by the Phillies. This year's been a bad season. Done. All right? Didn't work out. Maybe they can still get the final wild card spot, but at this moment, it's not looking good. Today, they lost to the Detroit Tigers. However, they ultimately altogether put together a, 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 a all right week, a four and two week, did the San Diego Padres. If you could just stack... Four in two weeks, one on top of the next. Maybe they can get into that final wild card spot. 
But you traded for Juan Soto for three World Series runs. You didn't get there last year. You might not get there this year. But then there's next year. That's another year. And if it doesn't look like you're going to get there next year, then you trade him next season. They're not going to trade Juan Soto. It's just not going to happen. So I don't see that happening. So Bob Nightingale today talking about really the thought of Hayter and Snell being available. Everybody could use what these two offer. We're looking at starters. We're looking at a top-line closer that could be available. I would be interested to see if they do this. I think San Diego, however, like Bob Nightingale talks about here, they seem delusional thinking they'll get back into the race. They've been mediocre all season. At this moment, they're 48-52. and 52. Six games out of the final wild card spot. This next week's going to be huge for the San Diego Padres because if they are still six games back for that final wild card spot on the last day before the deadline or the day of the deadline, they might still they might sell. They might actually sell. But I'll be interested to see what they what they ultimately do. Blake Snell should be able to get a lot in return. Same with Josh Hader. Even though they're rentals, they would easily be the best at their positions for the marketplace. So what would that get you in return? So we've got the situation with the Padres from Bob Nightingale. We also had him continuing along with the New York Mets. The floundering Mets appear to have a much greater sense of reality than the San Diego Padres. They are not going to make the playoffs and they know it. And again, as of recording, they're currently losing to the Boston Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. They will shop Closer David Robertson and outfielders Tommy Pham and Mark Canna, among others. Talked about it on the podcast this past week with Anthony from Subway to Shea podcast. That if they trade David Robertson and Tommy Pham, it may appear on the whole to a casual fan that they're just trading some pieces that they can get away with trading, but they're still trying. They trade Tommy Pham and David Robertson. They're giving up on the season. It's that it's it's to that level. David Robertson is your back of the bullpen. He's your closer. If you're trading your closer, and Tommy Pham's got an 840 OPS, you're trading one of your dependable outfielders, you're giving up on the season. It's that simple. Mark Canna has not been that great this year. They will also listen to offers for Cy Young winners, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, but considering their struggles this year and the fact that they are each owed $43 million next year, which is about 18 million with about 18 million remaining on this year's deals, their returns will greatly will be greatly diminished. We heard that the Dodgers were keeping tabs on these Mets uh, pieces that could be available despite the high salaries. The Dodgers are are interested. Could the Dodgers make a move? Maybe a reunion with Max. Who knows? Dodgers, we do know, are interested in at least one of these guys. We're gonna get into that in a minute. But before we get into that, I was fascinated to see earlier today from John Morosi, 10.30 this morning. No, I'm sorry. This was yesterday morning. Today's the 23rd. The Giants are among teams evaluating Justin Verlander as a trade deadline candidate should he become willing to waive his no trade clause. The Giants in on Justin Verlander, thinking about Justin Verlander. What do you think? about Justin Verlander. We know the Giants need some pitching, and the Giants should be in on pretty much everybody that is out there to to, to get a feel for what the market is. But here's the thing, and this is why Justin Verlander fits in so nicely for the Giants, right? 
Lucas Giolito, Jordan, Mo Jordan Montgomery is probably going to cost the most in terms of prospect capital because the Cardinals will be happy to hold on to him and attach a qualifying offer at the end of the season. So the Cardinals will be fine holding on to Justin Montgomery. So Justin Montgomery may be the player that fetches the highest return. But Eduardo Rodriguez, Lucas Giolito, Marcus Stroman, those kinds of pitchers that would be great for the San Francisco Giants, the White Sox, the Cubs, the Cardinals may ask for a King's Ransom in return. And if that's the case, and Justin Verlander's willing to waive his no-trade clause with that salary that's attached to him, Justin Verlander would be a great fit for the Giants because he should not cost much because of that financial factor. Would you, if you were the Giants, you were trying to give the money to Carlos Correa, you were trying to give the money to Aaron Judge, they didn't take, well, the Carlos Correa, he took the deal, but the deal fell apart. So you had money earmarked, big, significant money earmarked, two players for this season that are not on your roster for two different reasons. You okay with doling out some money for Justin Verlander? I think that that is a very real factor in the fact that San Francisco is either going to go, this is my opinion, they will either go the Lance Lynn, Jack Flaherty. I see Blackbird brought up in the comment from Dark Reaper. I could see them going that route. Sort of the lesser expensive, maybe you get a couple of good starts out of the guy route. Or they go the Justin Verlander route because of that 40 plus million dollars for next year as well. Might be something that teams don't want anything to do with. So the Giants may be one of just a couple of teams. The market won't get that hot and you won't have to pay as much. So it's that's fascinating from that perspective on Justin Verlander. We also have a, another player, not a not a pitcher. We, we talk a lot about pitchers in this deadline because that's just this deadline's market. But we've also got a bat that has crept up in the conversation, and I'm shocked. I am shocked that we're hearing about Tim Anderson from John Morosi. John Morosi tweeting out, the chances of a Tim Anderson trade are increasing, especially if he plays second base, as he did in the WBC. Anderson slashing 375, 444, and 417 since the break. It's a small sample size, but teams have been wanting to see evidence that his approach is back. If the White Sox trade Tim Anderson, it's going to have to be for a phenomenal return because they can keep him for another year next year. And with everything else on the team, Andrew Benatendi, uh, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, You've got Dylan Cease. You've got Michael Kopech. There are pieces to build around and try to compete next year, right? 2024. Because this division, the winner's probably going to be a, maybe three or four or five games above 500. And what's to say the White Sox cannot do that next year? If they don't believe they could do that, that, that's, that speaks volumes. But if... If they trade Tim Anderson with, with that control another year, and again, they could be right back in it trying to compete next year, that would be so telling and so surprising as long as the return. That's what we have to watch. Do they get a huge return for Tim Anderson? They would need one to justify trading him. They would need one. Everybody, comments below. Those of you watching the replay, hit that like if you have not. If you are watching live on the YouTube channel, 
Make sure to hit that like see if we get to 100. DXTSU, Tim Anderson to the Mariners. I don't know if the Mariners... Again, the return has to be big for Tim Anderson to, to give up on him. Now, giving... And, and, and when we consider the bat market as it currently looks, Tim Anderson, if his approach is back, would be one of the best bats available. So it should get you a big return. But the Mariners, that's going to be the issue is, do the Mariners, would they part with, because I would think if you're the White Sox, you want some pitching back because you're about to lose Giolito and there's no way they're going to bring Lynn back. They have the option to part with Lance Lynn. I think they'll do that. You have to think they would want some of that Seattle pitching. Would you do that if you are the White Sox? Would you go for some pitching from the Mariners. I don't know. I that's that's something to consider. Let's this is one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to bring into the stream tonight. I'm good. Let's see if we can build a trade. Let's try to build that trade. Let's go and I'm going to open up baseball trade values real quick. Let's see if we can build a trade for the White Sox and the Mariners. What would a White Sox and Mariners trade look like? Again, I want pitching going back if I'm the White Sox. If I'm trading you Tim Anderson, I can only imagine what that value looks like right now. Tim Anderson's value is not even a million dollars. Oof. Oof. Okay. All right, baseball trade values. This is going to be easy then. So I'm going back here. I can slide all the way down here somewhere. I... God, that's this is too easy. If if his value is a million dollars, this is way too easy to get done. I'll be honest, what I had thought about for a trade between the White Sox and the Mariners, is he even on here? Yeah, Emerson Hancock. That's what I was thinking. But that's too much. There it is. I've got a Tim Anderson for Emerson Hancock because... I don't know how Emerson Hancock fits into the future of this Mariners team because they've got a deep rotation right now. They're calling guys up. They're pitching well. Emerson Hancock's been, you know, a little up and down uh, over the last 12 months with his performance. So I, I was thinking we could go Tim Anderson for Emerson Hancock, but that's not even, that's too much. So we'll have to see how that ends up playing out. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move baseball trade values out of the way and let's keep going. So here we are. Next up on our docket is the situation with the Cardinals and Eloy Jimenez. So more from Bob Nightingale. Position players that could be available. He writes, Cody Bellinger finally starting to look a little bit like the guy who won the MVP with the Dodgers could be the best position player available. Across town, the White Sox have virtually their entire roster on the market from infielders Tim Anderson and Elvis Andrews and Yoan Moncada to Eloy Jimenez and Yasmani Grandal. The Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, and Tim Anderson, I, I, I disagree with because, again, this White Sox team should be right back. Next year, they should have a chance. They have the pieces to build around to finish 500 next year. And if you can finish 500 next year, you're in it for the division. So I would be extremely surprised. Now, would Eloy Jimenez bring a nice return? Yeah, I think he would. He continues. The Cardinals have the greatest array of talent available with outfielders Carson, Dylan Carlson, and Tyler O'Neill. 
Infielders, Tommy Edmond and Paul DeYoung. And catcher Wilson Contreras on the block too. This is amazing. Now, he had a separate part that dug into more of the Cardinals that were available. And we'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to have a, a, a Cardinals conversation. But Wilson Contreras? Really? Wilson Contreras? How in the world could the Cardinals deal Wilson Contreras? I don't see it. This is another one of those elements where I want to bring it into the stream because it uh, it, it, it sort of got moving on uh, social media that Wilson Contreras is available. I don't know. I don't know if Wilson Contreras really is on the block. The Cubs couldn't trade him last year, and he was having a better season last year. Do you want him? It's tough to deal a catcher. Now, you could deal for Wilson Contreras, and you can slide him into your designated hitter role, but one of the issues this year with the market is is that, again, it's pitching heavy, not just because of what's available. The players Anderson like Montgomery. Makes sense due to injury. Tyler, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm cool. I'm good with that. Mods, you want to get that one? So here's the deal. We've got a market that is shaping up to favor pitchers because you have guys like Erod and Montgomery and Giolito and Stroman and on and on and on, right? But on top of that, you also have needs that favor more pitching than you do bats. When I went through and I looked at all of the needs, I looked at and I saw, well, maybe they could use an extra corner infielder. Maybe they could use some outfield depth. Maybe they could use some infield depth. I have depth or injury dependent as my notes for a lot of teams and their current situation. If that's the case, Wilson Contreras being available is not that appealing to as many teams as maybe it would have been in the past. Would the Guardians? Would the Guardians do it? They're one of the teams that I identified with a question mark for that catcher position. But I think I think the Guardians would do it if it was one year. I don't think they're interested in that for many, many years. So that is the situation. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. That's the situation. The, the, the market is not heavy for the bats. It's heavy for pitching. So based on Contreras' performance this year, based on his salary and the years owed to him, it's going to be difficult for the Cardinals to deal. If anything, he's on the block because of that. Speaking of some bats, a team that needs a bat, we do have a very clear need in L.A. The Dodgers, this is from The Athletic, seek a right-handed hitter at the deadline. Sorting through the options was from The Athletic. Now, that is behind a paywall. It was a long article. So let's get right to the point. They were talking about Randall Gritchick, Tyler O'Neill, Kike Hernandez, a reunion with Kike, Mark Canna, and Tommy Pham as the five outfield bats that they identified as the best for the LA Dodgers. I believe... The Randall Gritchick one would be interesting. But if there are four other options and they're not in your division, you go. Get out of the division. Don't trade the Rockies somebody that you covet. Just stay away from that. Keep it clean. Trade with the Mets. So you have Tyler O'Neill. Now, Tyler O'Neill is just coming back. And he's been up and down. I don't like that. But Tyler O'Neill would be a rental. 
Kike Hernandez has not been good this year. And Dodger fans, you know it. Kike is a streaky guy. Kike can be hot. Kike can be great. Kike can be terrible. Kike does have a clutch, a clutchness about him. And that's great. But he also has these dives that he will do. I don't think you want anything to do with that. Marcana has not been good this year. It's Tommy Pham. It's Tommy Pham. That's who the Dodgers need to go out and get. It's Tommy Pham. It's not even a question. You need the righty bat because right now, and it could have changed since the last time I looked. I'll double check it right now on fan graphs. You have, now by the way, let's not, let's not try to bury Johnny DeLuca as some garbage player. Because Johnny DeLuca was hitting well at the minor league level. He has come up in the very short sample size that we have of him. He's been able to hit. He's playing great in the field. So I'm not trying to trash Johnny DeLuca. But if the Dodgers want to win the World Series, I don't think they do it with Johnny DeLuca. Maybe they will with Johnny DeLuca next year or years down the road. But their outfield right now is David Peralta, Jason Hayward, and James Outman. All lefties. And you have Johnny DeLuca as your fourth outfielder, your lone only righty bat. Not going to work. Tommy Pham's the guy. 840 OPS. It's got to be Tommy Pham. And this is the indication of the market. Like that, this is what we're dealing with, guys. You may be looking at this as a Dodgers fan or just in general baseball, and you're like, that's the market for righty bats. I pass on all accounts. But that's the market this year. Should not cost you a lot to get really any of these guys. Maybe fam goes for the most. I don't even know. I don't even know about that. Kike, you could probably get for nothing. Kike is one of those players that like could be passed through waivers. I mean, he could be DFA. Kike has not been good this year. And the Dodgers could just scoop him up for nothing. So the Dodgers are in on a righty bat. We got an indication on what a key American League East team is thinking at the deadline. And this is a team that has already pulled off a trade. And I was worried when I saw this trade, thinking if this is this team's mindset, then their fan base is in trouble in terms of, or, or needs to reassess what they think they can do this year. Buster only tweeting out today, this afternoon, right as the games got going. Rival execs say the Orioles seem to be measured buyers i hate to say i told you so but i've been saying this for weeks rival execs say the orioles seem to be measured buyers leading up to the deadline i'm not saying i knew anybody or was talking to anybody in the orioles i was not i just knew this you don't you don't have to talk to anybody inside the organization you just knew this willing to deal from position player surplus to upgrade pitching but not perceived to be fishing for big pricey deals at this point and i think at this point is going to continue through I would love for them to go out and get Jordan Montgomery. I would love for them to become a player for Lucas Giolito because I do think that this team has the juice. Their bullpen with Cano and Batista. I would love for them to add another uh, bullpen piece. Maybe Fujinami is one of those uh, additional bullpen pieces that could be lights out the rest of the way. That would be great. But I would like to see them go and get something. Grayson Rodriguez, a nice start the other day. You're seeing Dean Kramer with some good starts here and there. You're seeing Kyle Bradish with some nice stuff. I want I want a guy that I know is going to go out there and be nails for me. And I don't 
I don't feel like the Orioles have that. I want a guy that I know could be nails. I feel like Jordan Montgomery could be that guy. And I would like to see them go and make a serious move. I feel like Marcus Stroman could be that guy. But that's not where they're thinking right now. Measured moves. Orioles fans hate to see this because this is what they have always done. Occasionally, they swing the big one. Eric Bedard, Adam Jones. But even then, that was not viewed to be that great of a deal. That worked out really well for the Orioles. But Adam Jones had kind of floundered with Seattle. If members are correct, I, I believe it looked like he might have been a prospect that was going to fizzle. But he got to Baltimore and got on track. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's, that is that is the feel for, you know, that, that's that's my feel on that. Uh, I want to, if you have not yet, if you have not yet, if you are watching in the stream, watching in the live stream, would love for you to help us out and hit the like. Those of you watching live, we have about 530 of you here right now. I have to think that a like goal of 100 should be a piece of cake. That should be easy. We only need about 26 likes. Let's see if we can get to that like goal real quick, real easy. We have another story to get to. Uh, Tyler what would a Giants-White Sox trade for Tim Anderson look like? I'm curious. Tim Anderson and the and the Giants. That's an interesting idea. It's probably, again, well, here, here let's, again, we'll get back to this. We can pull this up again. The problem is that Tim Anderson's value, at least on baseball trade values, is minuscule. It is... The smallest you can imagine. We are we just blew past 100. Thank you guys for hitting the like. I appreciate that. Let's pull up the trade and see what it might look like. Baseball trade values, White Sox and Giants. We have Tim Anderson loaded in. Tim Anderson and his $900,000 value. So for the Giants to go out and get him, I I just don't believe I don't believe that value is at 900,000. I think it is far greater than that because you're talking about digging deep into the Giants prospect pool and pulling together a player i mean you're you're looking at guys like miller weights proctor i mean you have a ton of catchers right now and the white Sox could be moving on from yasmani grandal so you're kind of looking at something like that trade accepted of course anyway so not too hard to build the trade for tim anderson right now let's keep going Let's keep going. Yeah, let's let's we are at 123. Thank you to everybody that hit the like and just blew us way over that number. I would love to see if this is possible in the next couple of minutes. Uh Esteban DePaz, thank you for subscribing. Anybody that subscribes, I do get the notification in my feed. It's not showing up with the graphic that used to. Don't know why. But it's not. I can see it in the feed though. So if you subscribe, it will let me know. Uh, keep hitting that like, everybody. Let's see how close we can get to 200. So there we are with the Orioles. Let's keep going. We have more. The Cleveland Guardians are not going to sell. Shane Bieber is on the IL, and he's probably out until August. So therefore, Shane Bieber has been removed from the equation. The word from Chris Antonetti, the Guardians VP of Baseball Operations, if there's an opportunity to add another complimentary bat that can add some versatility, that might be a place we could improve. So where would you go if you are the Cleveland Guardians looking to get some deals? Uh, Mike, the Christian Gamer, 85. Do I see Mike Trout getting traded? And if so, where? I do not see Mike Trout getting traded. 
that is not uh, that's that is not going to happen. Let's keep going here about the Guardians. Where do we see this happening? I think these four teams are probably going to be your partners for the Guardians. The Rockies, the Nats, the Pirates, the Cardinals. I think they'll shop in the National League. There are some American League Central teams that we know will be selling. The Royals and maybe the Tigers. But if you are the Guardians and you're looking for something, I think you need to shop in the National League. Look at Randall Gritchick with the Rockies. Look at Jamer Candelario with the Nats. Look at the Pittsburgh Pirates and see what's maybe available there, whether it's G-Man Choi or Carlos Santana. The Cardinals with all of the names that have been brought up, Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill, on and on and on. You've got opportunities there. Again, I think Cleveland would be fascinating for a Wilson Contreras trade. If Contreras, if you if you didn't have that contract for those years, if it was a short-term thing, I could see Cleveland being an interesting match there. So Cleveland is looking to buy. Another team looking to sell. Told you we would have a Cardinals conversation. Let's talk about the Cardinals. This more from Bob Nightingale. The Cardinals are suddenly starting to win. Right after President John Mosellek announced they are selling. So will it abruptly change their mind? The answer was no. The answer was too little too late. So starters Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, each who are eligible for free agency in November, could be gone. Closer Jordan Hicks and perhaps injured reliever Ryan Helsley could also move. Infielders Tommy Edmond and Paul DeYoung could be gone too. And outfielders Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill. Better not send out their laundry either. I don't think Dylan Carlson would go anywhere thinking about this list. Let's address it one by one. Jordan Montgomery is a free agent at the end of the year, but they can attach a qualifying offer to Jordan Montgomery. So it's going to be tough to get Jordan Montgomery out of St. Louis. Jack Flaherty is an easy one to move on from. I think Jack Flaherty goes. Jordan Hicks, I also think, will go. You're talking about a a, a flamethrower at the back of a bullpen. Jordan Hicks will probably be one of the top three or four relievers that goes at the deadline. I don't think Ryan Helsley will get traded. He's injured. It's too risky. I, so I don't see I don't see Helsley going. I also don't see Edmund going. I don't know why. I just don't. But I do see Paul DeYoung going. I love the idea of Paul DeYoung to the Boston Red Sox. Shout out Robbie Hyde. I hope that I gets better quick. And Dylan Carlson, I think he's staying. Tyler O'Neill, I think he's going. So of the list, give me O'Neal on the move, give me DeYoung on the move, Hicks on the move, Flaherty on the move as 100% lock it down, those four for sure. I don't know if Montgomery goes. I think they will ask for a ton in return, and I don't know if anybody's going to pony up. Carlos with a question in the chat. Where would Soto go or Otani? Dodgers, Yankees, Giants, Mets, Cease, Bellinger, question mark. Montgomery is not that attractive of a trade. By the way, Contreras just got inked. Yeah, Contreras not attractive at all. Uh, The Montgomery, interesting. Uh, I think he is an attractive piece. He's pitched really well lately, and he travels well. We saw him go from the Yankees to the Cardinals last trade deadline and pitched wonderfully for the Cardinals after he got there. Uh, So I do think Montgomery would be interesting, but probably what would not be attractive is what it would take to get him. Your Soto and Otani question, Carlos. I don't think Soto's going anywhere. 
if when you are San Diego and you gave up all those prospects, you were trading for three World Series runs. It didn't work out last year. It's not working out this year, but there's another World Series run that you traded for. That's next year, so I don't think they're going to deal him. And Otani, dude, the Angels are winning this week. The Angels are winning games. The Angels are back over 500 as of this moment, as of recording. The Angels are 51 and 49. I don't think the Angels. I don't think they're going to trade him. It was brought up in the Bob Nightingale article. One of the difficult elements here is all of the money that the Angels make with Otani. All of the, uh, not just with sponsorships and deals and suites and, and tickets, but additionally, you're going to have maybe Shoei Otani getting in a home run race, trying to break Aaron Judge's American League home run record from last year. And you cannot give up on that if you're the Angels, right? If you trade him away and he goes on that run and the other element that was brought up and it was a great one from Bob Nightingale or whoever gave it to Bob and then he put it in his article. He talked about how if Otani leaves his free agency, that's on him. If you trade Otani, that's on you, the GM, the front office, the owner. You would rather him leave and it's on him. Just when people are thinking about, you know, how you're grading out, how your performance is, you'd rather Otani be the reason why he's gone, not you be the reason why he's gone. So that was, that is an interesting one. Uh, so we have the Cardinals here. Carlos, thank you for the comment. Thank you, uh, my man. Let's go. Let's go. We have the Philadelphia Phillies as well. According to Scott Labra of the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Phillies remain interested in adding a right-handed bat, ideally a corner outfielder. Options include, and there was just too many names here to put all of the graphics on the screen so let's run through them real quick. And by the way, we're only 45 likes away with about 650 of you watching. 44 likes away from 200. Let's see if we can hit that like goal on YouTube right now. Those of you listening to the podcast, I know you can't help us with the like goal, but you're helping us by listening. So thank you. Available options for the Phillies include Randall Gritchick, who we just talked about a few minutes ago. The Nats Lane Thomas. I'm going to talk about Lane Thomas in a minute. The Mets, Tommy Pham, and Mark Canna, we talked about them. The Cardinals, Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, we talked about them. The Pirates, Andrew McCutcheon. McCutcheon's not getting traded. Kutch is not getting traded, mark my words. The Red Sox, Adam Duvall. The Red Sox are going to maybe take a wild card spot. So I don't see the Red Sox trading Duvall. I don't see them trading James Paxton, though it may be in their interest to trade those players. I'm sorry, Duvall's on the Angels. No, Duvall's on the Red Sox. Why am I totally back and forth on this? I am like, I, I am going all over the place on Adam Duvall and his current status. He's been all over the place. I'm thinking of Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro's on the Angels. Adam Duvall is on the Red Sox. Mike Trout looks like Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall is not the guy who made the no-look catch. That's Hunter Renfro. You see all the stuff that goes on through my mind while we're doing this thing? It's absolutely insane. That's how I got the two crisscrossed. So the Red Sox, Adam Duvall. Again, Red Sox are going to be going for a playoff spot. They're not going to trade Duvall. And Teoscar Hernandez also not really going anywhere. And there's Hunter Renfro on the Angels. So the Teoscar Hernandez situation is interesting. The Mariners just took two out of three from the Toronto Blue Jays. The Mariners sit four and a half back in the wild card. If you are four and a half back in the wild card this time next week, you're not trading Teoscar Hernandez. It's not happening. It is not going to happen. Not at all. Uncle Ted talks with a comment. Sal Perez to the Marlins. While that would be amazing, I would love to see Sal Perez working with that 
pitching staff that they have there. You see Jesus Lazardo today, by the way, career high 13 strikeouts. Lazardo was amazing. I don't see they're not they're not trading him. I think he likes to play in Kansas City. I don't know why. Kansas City's the worst team in baseball. That includes Oakland. Yes, I I'm, I I have not forgot about Oakland. I have Kansas City as the worst team in baseball. We'll be doing power rankings tomorrow at 11 11:30 Eastern. And spoiler alert, Kansas City is going to be the worst team in, in baseball in our power rankings. I don't think Lane Thomas is going anywhere. Uh, they have another year on Lane Thomas, the Washington Nationals. You're going to keep Lane Thomas. You're going to trade. You're going to trade Candelario. You're going to trade. Maybe if you have takers for Dom Smith, you're going to trade the guys who are gone at the end of the year. You're not going to trade Lane, Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas isn't going anywhere. Lane Thomas is still getting better. They're not trading Lane Thomas. However, Randall Gritchick is a real option for the Phillies. Tommy Pham is a real option for the Phillies. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. I got on autopilot there. Sorry, this is my first day. You're not going to see the Mets and Phillies pull off a trade. Randall Gritchick is an option. Tyler O'Neill is an option. And that's about it from this list. Bad job by MLB.com. Um, Scott Lauber, I do not believe, put together this list. That was an MLB.com job. Because it's really just Gritchick, Gritchick and O'Neill. Here's what I really want them to do. Here's what I'd like the Phillies to do. Uh, Michael, I think it's because I keep, re if I if I reach too far, if I reach too far, it gets a little blurry. I believe the Phillies, this is who I want the Phillies to go and get. And he's been hitting, he's been hit lately. He just got back, oh, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I would love for the Philadelphia. Oh, we went. He got hurt today. No, he got hurt the other day. Why is he not scratched with a low back stiffness and sideline for a second straight game? I was going with CJ Crone. I love the idea of the Phillies going to get CJ Crone. CJ Crone just went is missed the Saturday and Sunday games against the Miami Marlins, but before that had homered in four of his five previous games. I feel like he would have been great for the Philadelphia Phillies. Crone's got to get that back right so that he can move on because he would be a great piece for somebody. And again, I love him in Philly. Bryce Harper's playing first base right now. Maybe Bryce Harper, by the time we get to the postseason, can move to the outfield. And if that is the case, you can move some pieces around. I like the idea of CJ Crone being your designated hitter. That's what I like. I like the idea of Crone being your DH. And if Bryce Harper, let's say he can't throw, you can't move him to the outfield, but the first base thing just isn't working for Bryce Harper as, as weeks go by. I would like the idea of having CJ Crone, not, not Schwarber. Schwarber would be the guy you would think to slot into first base if, if Harper starts to struggle because Schwarber has played first base in the past. Or you go back to Boehm over there. No, leave Boehm at third. Harper, if he's doing well at first, great. Otherwise, I like Chrome. That would be, that's the perfect one for me. That would be the perfect one for me. I see some comments about Bellinger to the Phillies. I don't see that happening. A team for, for Cody Bellinger, I see it being the New York Yankees. It is a perfect fit for them. And I think that Cashman will do, I think Cashman will do what it takes to go and get him. Uh, D-backs with a comment. What do we think the D-backs will do? What do we think the D-backs will do? Thank you for that comment in the chat. Here's what I have the D-backs doing. I think they're going to go and get pitching. Now, they have said they're going to go and get pitching, so that's an easy one, right? That's 
Way to go out on a limb, Jim. I think that the Diamondbacks, here are my prediction for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I have them landing Erod. And I have them land. I had I have them landing another bullpen arm. I can't give you a name at the moment. Both relievers are going to be flying around like crazy. They could be in the mix for. You're not going to grab any of those Rockies relievers that are going to be available, but maybe you're able to grab one of the White Sox relievers that are made available. Uh, Cardinals relievers that are made available. So maybe you're in on Hicks. Maybe you're in on. Uh, if if Hendricks can get back with the White Sox, you're in on him. I like Arizona to go out and get a starter, one of the good ones. One of the top five starters is what I like them to do. Again, thank you for the comment in there. Uh, Mr. Mountain Dew 9 with the comment, thoughts on what the Twins will do with the trade deadline. They just swept the White Sox today. Twins with a nice little bit of a run here. The problem is they keep doing that, and then they fall right back into the the pit of despair and I don't I don't know how we how we fix that for the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are in an interesting spot. They're one of the teams that when I looked at what they needed I identified any starting pitching would be dependent upon an injury and right now they don't have one. It's Lopez, Ryan, Gray, Ober and Maeda. So there's really no desire there to add some starting pitching if you are the Minnesota Twins, only if somebody gets hurt. The relief pitching for the Minnesota Twins is decent. They have a nice bullpen with Duran in the back. Now, the pitching, like I just said, the, the pitching is decent. They could use some of the relievers that are out there. So I do find I do see the relief pitching as a uh, as an area. Of need. And then the other areas are this steals, the ability to run. The Twins don't steal bases. The Twins could also use some more slugging, by the way. Would you believe? <laughs> it's amazing. This is amazing. Uh, there are two Twins, two, two that are in double digits in home runs right now on the active roster. Two of them. Two of them. Byron Buxton, who just got there, and Joey Gallo at 10 and 11. So they need pop. They need speed. When we think about pop and speed, I mean you're gonna you can probably you can probably work something out with Oakland and maybe Kemp can bring you some speed. And if you're looking for pop. Can you work something out with Washington? But then you have to have a spot to play these guys. And despite all of those shortcomings that we just talked about, they've got a lot of they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of depth right now. So you're looking for the major upgrade. And the major upgrade with the bats outside of Bellinger just really aren't there. So the Twins are in an interesting spot. What's your take on the Rangers? As much as I love Martin Perez, he needs to go to the bullpen or trade for pitching. What's your take on Shohei to Texas? Random Polish guy, thank you for the donation. I do appreciate that. I do believe the Rangers will be in the market for some pitching. The Perez struggles, the DeGrom injury, those are two things that when they put this team together to start the season, they expected those two guys to be part of the climb, the the, the, the climb 
to the tippy top of the mountain. And what has happened is Nate Evaldi's the guy leading the way. John Gray, who x-rays were negative. He's going to make his start tomorrow. Huge series in Houston, by the way, for the Rangers. So you have Evaldi. You have Gray's been good. Andrew Haney has not been that great. Andrew Haney is not somebody that I believe you want to rely on in a key postseason game. Dane Dunning has been all right. So they should try to add some starting pitching. And I think they're going to add more bullpen. So the guys we're talking about for the Rangers, I do think they will be in on those top names. I think they'll be in on Giolito. I think they'll be in on Montgomery. I think they'll be in on everybody that is not an NL West rival. I think they'll be in on all of the top starting pitchers. I think they will continue to be in on relievers. You see how good the Aroldis Chapman trade worked out for them. I think that's going to only push them to add more relievers. So I see them adding some more relievers. Uh, Spencer, thank you for subscribing. Second rad or two rad. Thank you for subscribing. Dan Lloyd, thank you for subscribing. Thank you guys for subscribing. Avaldi is out. Avaldi is out. Are you? Are we? Are we serious right now? What did I overlook? Did I overlook that? I might have. I didn't see Avaldi is out. You're right about that. Made a start on the 18th. Avaldi will have his turn of the rotation skipped during the upcoming three-game series in Houston, which begins on Monday. He's still been the guy. And you're going to hope that this situation that he's dealing with does not become a long-term thing. Because if it does, I mean, just double down on the thought of them going and grabbing another starting pitcher. You can just double down on that one. Again, to those of you that are live with me, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. There it is, the Barreled Up Podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. If your phone is handy, you can snap the QR code right there. You'll be taken to a landing page with all of the podcast platforms where you can listen on your preferred platform. Or if you're using your phone to watch this, you can click the link in the description below and you will find that. Those of you that are listening right now on the podcast, Make sure to turn those automatic downloads on so you get the content as soon as it drops. Reading some comments here. If I'm Texas, I keep lighter. Yeah, don't trade Jack lighter. Do not make him a part of any trades that you're doing. You can't do that. That would be a, a huge mistake. And I don't think they would do that. He is a part of the future. Martin Perez is gone at the end of the year. Andrew Haney has not been that great. Uh, I, I, Jack Leiter is a part of this rotation uh, next season. I think that that is a that is a given. We have blown past that like goal, by the way. So thank you to everybody that hit the like and got us over that 200 like goal. If we can jump up a little bit more and get to 250, if you are excited about the trade deadline, if you are enjoying your time here hanging out in the live stream, hit that like and get us over 250. This is a Carter. This is a seller's market in a big way. It really is because when we looked at this, we talked about sellers and buyers. Here, I have it right here. Here are the number of sellers. White Sox, A's, Royals, Tigers, Nats, Cubs. 
Even though the Cubs are only a few games below 500, I still think you have to sell Stroman and Bellinger. Pirates, Cardinals, and Rockies, those are your sellers. Those are nine teams. That means there are 21 buyers, or at least 21 teams that convince them could convince themselves to buy. And that's everybody except for really the, the Padres and Mets. We still have to see if they actually buy or if they sell. The Angels are on a three game or, or, or two or three games over 500, so they may not be selling at all. And the Red Sox, the Red Sox are going to buy unless they lose every game between here and the deadline. They'll be buyers, probably not extreme buyers, but they'll still be buying. So when we think about that, when you see the number of sellers to the number of buyers that lopsided, you're going to see sellers make out. You might see them make out like bandits in this in this trade deadline. I do believe, Scotty, that Houston's targeting Erod. I do believe that. That is for sure. Angels have a better record than Seattle. Yes, they do, lovey. They certainly do. The Seattle Mariners have struggled. Seattle's one game over 500. I believe the Angels are two games over 500. It is going to be a wild time. Um, I want to, those that are listening on the podcast, this is where I'm going to part with those of you that are listening on the podcast, those of you that are watching the replay on YouTube. This is where we're going to part with you guys. Those of you that are live, we're going to hang out for a few more minutes. I want to answer more questions that are in the live chat. So those of you, again, listening on the pod, watching the replay, make sure to keep an eye out for when you get the notifications that I'm live so that you can come in and we can interact more. You can get more content. So podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, thank you guys for coming in, listening, watching. I do appreciate you supporting the channel. Stay close. More trade deadline content is coming. It's going to be You'll be cranking it out between now and deadline day on August 1st. Thanks again, everybody, for coming in. Ballcat Nation, I salute you, and I'll catch you guys next time.